Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Bladder cancer. But you don't know much about it. But most of us don't know much about it. You know, it's the fifth most common form of cancer in Canada, but it's one of the most underfunded. There's a disconnect there for sure. Well, there is a, a walk coming up this uh, coming Saturday here in Hamilton uh, to raise awareness and, and hopefully to raise some funds and uh, get a discussion going about this. And Chorus Radio is uh, proud once again this year to be the uh, national media sponsor for this. And of course, uh, Chorus Hamilton. Uh, here at the Radio Center with uh, 900 CHML and, of course, our uh, sister stations, uh, Fresh 95.3 and uh, Y108, uh, are proud to be sponsoring this event that's coming up and to have a discussion about this sort of thing because we need to talk about this. And uh, to that end, we're pleased to welcome to the program Dr. Bobby Shagan, who is the Assistant uh, Professor of Urology at McMaster University, also the Deputy Chief of Surgery at St. Joseph's Healthcare. Doctor, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, no problem. My pleasure. And uh, Sarah Dobson, who was the uh, the lead for the Hamilton Walk for uh, Bladder Cancer Canada. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing today? Hi there. I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Doctor, let me start with you and, and, and the disconnect here when we talk about uh, cancers and, and, and this one being the fifth most uh, prevalent kind of cancer here in Canada right now. Uh, there's this, I hate to use the word competition, but there's almost a competition when it comes to funding dollars. There's so much out there, so much need in so many different areas. And, and sadly, uh, situations like this happen all too often where uh, where research is needed. Uh, the funding just doesn't seem to, to match the need. Right. Uh, I think that's a very, very valid point. I mean, if you look historically over the last two decades, there's cancers that uh, have garnered a lot of attention, um, prostate cancer in men, uh, breast cancer in women, uh, and so on, and they've garnered a lot of funding, therefore, for research. Bladder cancer is, you know, it's almost an orphan topic uh, amongst uh, the healthcare uh, professionals. Uh, it's a it's a big problem. It's a common disease, and uh, depending on the stage, it's a very lethal cancer, um, and the incidence and the prevalence of this disease has not decreased. Uh, and if you look at, uh, for example, drug development in the last 30 years, it's really on the last couple of years that there's now you know, new hope on the horizon. So I think the key thing with bladder cancer is really to get the message out there that this disease is going to affect men and women, not in equal proportions, but it affects them both. It's a common disease, and in a proportion of these patients, it can be a very lethal cancer. So uh, there's much to do and much research to be done, and public awareness is key. Shira, how did you get involved in this? Well, my grandfather was diagnosed with bladder cancer, um, and upon seeing all the support that Bladder Cancer Canada was giving to both my grandfather and our family, I, I knew I had to help with the association, to help with fundraising and awareness of the walk. It's, it's interesting, isn't it, when uh, we find ourselves facing some of these challenges and these dilemmas, uh, a cancer, for instance, uh, you end up learning a lot more about the, the, the disease than you probably ever wanted to or thought you were going to, but uh, you delve into it with both feet, don't you? You definitely do, and that knowledge is very powerful. My my husband recently did have a scare as well, and having the knowledge now about bladder cancer allowed us to be more aggressive in pursuing that conversation with our own doctor. Doctor, let me ask you about awareness, and, and let's go down that road for a couple of minutes, and uh, and how we attain that, first of all, because it's, it's as you mentioned a, a second ago, not part of the general conversation. I mean, uh, even if you go for your annual physical, and not enough of us do that anymore, sadly, uh, but this doesn't seem to be part of the discussion. You're right. If it's uh, in my situation as a male, uh, we might be talking about uh, about different other things. You know, let's have a check for this. Let's do that. They always want to uh, talk about some of the other things: prostate cancer for men, a course over fifty, and and the test for that. 
but but it just seems that bladder cancer is not even on anybody's radar, and maybe maybe not even with some GPs. That's very true. So I mean, you know, for uh, prostate cancer, there's long been a debate on screening. So you screen to detect the cancer. Uh, that will be a rectal examination and a PSA in women. You know, there's been discussions regarding mammograms. Should we? Should we not? and so on and so forth. So for bladder, is there a screening test? I mean, our GP screening, they do do urinalyses. So they check the urine to see if there's any abnormalities. The key one being the presence of blood. So whether or not you see it doesn't necessarily matter. If there's blood in the urine, even at a microscopic level, in the majority of patients, they should be seen and assessed by urologists because a proportion of these patients will have bladder cancer. And that would be, uh, you know, and one would hope that if you detected at that stage, it's early. Um, any person who has seen blood visibly in the urine should be seen by a urologist. And the most common mistake that occurs on, you know, on the part of both the public and the healthcare professionals is to, to somehow say that, well, this is because of a urinary infection, not took an antibiotic, look, the blood went away, must have been an infection. Well, bleeding comes and bleeding goes, and whether or not you took the antibiotic should not in any way deter the patient from being sent, sent to or seen uh, by a urologist where a simple test, cystoscopy, can be done, look inside the bladder and see if there's bladder cancer. Uh, this is not done often enough when there is signs of, of trouble, i.e. blood. Uh, and Bladder Cancer Canada, I have to give a shout-out to them. They've been a tremendous force in patient support, patient advocacy, a dissemination of information and knowledge, and you know, you'll see these advertisements all over the place. You know, you'll have one uh, sort of uh, red lemon in a pile of conventional yellow lemons, and that should trigger you, hey, got to go see the urologist, that's not good. That doesn't mean everybody who has blood has bladder cancer, but certainly most patients with bladder cancer have blood. How reliable is the test? Because, again, to use the comparator to prostate cancer and the test for that, you know there's a controversy these days about that, right. about the reliability and efficacy <clears throat> of that test. Well, so, you know, uh, urinalyses are incredibly uh, sensitive to detect blood. So if there's blood, there's blood. The question is, when there's blood, you know, what is, what is the probability that the blood is caused by cancer? If it's microscopic blood, then it depends on the patient's age, their sex, you know, risk factors. You know, are they heavy smokers? Smoking is a substantial risk factor. Certain occupational exposures. So it's not a straight answer that I can tell you that if you have blood, you've got a X percent probability. So blood, if there's blood in the urine, it is unlikely that the test is wrong. There's blood in the urine for sure. The, whether or not that leads to a diagnosis of bladder cancer, most often it doesn't if it's microscopic, but it kind of depends on the patient. You know, the, the, the more elderly you are, and especially if you're a male and you're a smoker, that increases your risks. Um, certainly if there's visible blood, the, 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 it's a very different game. We, uh, as, as I, I, we're probably all guilty of this, so Sarah, we tend to talk ourselves out of these problems sometimes, don't we? Like, oh, it was there for a day, but then it's gone. So it's, I'm sure it's fine. I don't really need to follow up. I don't really need to see the doctor. Life goes on, I guess, until maybe we see it again. Yep, most definitely. That's most definite. And, and as a result, of course, uh, I mean, we don't know that it's getting worse or better, but uh, it just seems to be this, this propensity all the time to, t to try to be dismissive of, of things that are happening in our body. And, and I think, you know, your point, doctor, is well taken. 
Yeah, yeah. So there was just a little bit of blood, but I'm sure it's okay. We're well, not supposed to bleed. There's not supposed to be blood in your urine. Yeah. I, I hear this from people in in dentistry. They're saying the same thing. Oh, it's okay if my my gums bleed a little bit. No, it's not. That means you're, there's something going on there, and we we tend to want to just say, well, it's going to get better. Uh, maybe the best thing to do though is to follow up on that. We don't do that often enough. Absolutely. You cannot dismiss it. You know, in the, in the event that you're wrong and it is something significant, that could be the make the difference between a case that is salvageable and curable to one that becomes a purely palliative case. If, in fact, there is a detection like that, doctor, uh, and, and let's say that that individual does follow up and goes, and I, I guess, as I say, the GP would be the, the portal for the, the system at that stage and report that and, and, and hopefully at some point go see a urologist about that. Uh, what's, what's, what's the process and what's the, the diagnosis and what's the chances of recovery? Uh, in, in, in the case that you have blood or that you have a diagnosis of bladder cancer? Well, a diagnosis. We'll start that so, way. Yeah. So, I mean, so bladder cancer occurs on a, on a very wide spectrum. So you can sort of safely say about at diagnosis about, um, you know, 60 to 75% of patients have, have a diagnosis of a type of tumor that is not deeply invasive and they can save their bladder, but they will require fairly intensive follow-up, usually lifelong. And that, that follow-up requires, at the very least, at the start, you do a procedure called a, a transurethral resection or removal of a tumor through the um, without making a, a, an incision in the, in the abdomen. So you go through the genitalia, get inside the bladder under anesthesia, you take a scraping, make your diagnosis. And, you, and from that point on, really, it's all predicated on, is, you know, is this an invasive tumor? If so, how deep and how high grade it is? Um, so the spectrum can be anything from, you know, a minor operation at the start with observation all the way through to major extirpative surgery where we're removing a lot of organs, uh, along with chemotherapy. And so chemotherapy and surgery go hand-in-hand in in many cases, and in some cases, radiation is also utilized to control or treat the disease. So it occurs on a very wide spectrum. The majority, if they're diagnosed early, do not have the type of disease that requires, you know, very aggressive treatment, but it requires lifelong treatment. Um, So it's an expensive disease to treat as well, unfortunately. You talked about some of the risk factors, doctor, but is there a hereditary element to this as well? Rarely. There are very rare syndromes uh, where uh, bladder cancer can be part and parcel of a greater set of uh, tumors that can develop, but that's in the distinct minority. The majority is felt to be uh, exposure, environment, um, and aging. Sarah, talk to us about the work that you're doing with uh, with Bladder Cancer Canada uh, and, and, in, and in this particular area here. As we started off this conversation, uh, it's very difficult with so many very worthy causes, especially in the healthcare field right now, that are going after a very finite number of dollars, uh, both uh, whether it's government funding and even more specifically through donations. Uh, talk to us about the work and, 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 the, and the challenges to try to, to, to move up that ladder and to try to get the, the money and the awareness that's needed. Well, you're right. It is very difficult, and the the thing that's most important to us right now is getting the awareness out there. Uh, we want people to catch bladder cancer early, and with that, we can increase the funding as well. So I work directly with the Bladder Cancer Canada Walk in Hamilton that's taking place this Saturday, September 23rd. And that walk itself, our goal is $20,000, so the national goal of fundraising is $650,000, and 75% of that uh, uh, sorry, that funding, 75% of that is uh, Bladder Cancer Canada's total revenue. So that gives an idea of the size of charity as well, and it's all going to the patients. 
Now, there are other walks and other fundraising efforts going on in other parts. Is this all done on the same weekend? Is it all coming up this coming weekend? It is, yes. We're holding it on Saturdays and Sundays throughout the country. Okay, so this weekend, specifically here in Hamilton, it's going to be this Saturday, uh, September 23rd at Confederation Park, uh, the Willow Cove Pavilion. Uh, down on Van Wagner's Road. Uh, so just so folks, and we'll repeat that, by the way, so they can get some details about that. Uh, where are we vis-a-vis funding and, and studying this, Doctor, uh, with research uh, to, to gain a better understanding and, 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 and find exactly how we can deal with this and perhaps uh, try to expedite the treatment for it? Uh, great question. So I think, again, uh, I think Bladder Cancer Canada is to be congratulated over the last many years uh, because of the increased uh, awareness efforts, there is now increased funding for research in bladder cancer. Bladder Cancer Canada themselves uh, donate a substantial amount of money, uh, part of the money that is being raised for research. The Canadian Urological Association uh, often is involved in the similar sort of campaigns, and they work hand-in-hand. And industry, the pharmaceutical industry, now that there are new drugs on the horizon, and these drugs are on their way for approval, uh, often for late-stage disease, but these drugs are making a substantial impact. So the industry uh, behind drug development is also now uh, putting a lot of money into research. So investigators, researchers around the country, um, at least twice a year, they're applying now for substantial grants in bladder cancer research. So I think the, the future is a lot brighter than it had been. You know, for three decades, there was really no light at the end of this tunnel. We were not making any kind of a major impact in the survival, but things are changing, and mostly due to research and, uh, and development of drugs. Well, and awareness, as both of you have referred yeah. uh, already, I mean, because let's face it, that first step has to be the uh, the patient themselves, the individual themselves, uh, right. to, to institute that whole process or that investigation or the, the diagnosis of that as well. And and I guess, Doctor, unlike some other things uh, that, that could be happening, I mean, I, I hear this all the time from people who say, well, I don't know what's going on inside my body. Well, you do if you listen to it, and, and this one... Uh, the the most obvious sign, I guess, to, to look and detect uh, blood in the urine is pretty self-evident. I mean, we can check for that ourselves, and it's not that difficult to do, and that should be the first step. Absolutely. Denial and, and ignoring uh, an obvious symptom is, uh, you know, it, you may get away with it, but if you don't, it's a bad gamble. What's what's going on in your body while that's happening? Are there other symptoms that, that people can look for besides that, a fatigue, a pain, anything like that that, that might send off a, a red flag? Uh, you know, so when it comes to so early stages of bladder cancer, bleeding and sometimes burning in the in the in the urinary tract, uh, especially during voiding, those are clear symptoms. Now, uh, by the time it comes down to substantial pelvic abdominal pain, weight loss, lack of appetite, um, if that's due to bladder cancer, and these are fairly vague symptoms, uh, it often reflects later stage disease. And unfortunately, by the time patients are losing weight and generally feeling unwell, fatigue, lack of energy, and all that sort of stuff. It's often disease that has spread beyond the confines of the bladder and rarely curable at that stage. This is why it's so critical that early on when you have symptoms, not to delay and be seen right away. And hopefully if it's nothing, but if it is something, at least you're catching it in an early stage where you can try and cure the patient. And, and sadly, if somebody finds themselves in late stages, is it is it fair to say, though, that, that there were indicators earlier that they may or may not have listened to and paid attention to that, that probably should have sent alarm bells up? And the great majority, the answer is yes. There always, almost always is some sign early on or some symptom early on uh, that there was something awry in the uh, urinary tract, but it was, it was uh, ignored by the patient or their caregivers or their health professionals. 
Sarah, it's going to be a good day Saturday. I, I, we're having summer in September here in Hamilton. I don't know what's gone on with us, but the weather's been perfect and fabulous, and it's it's going to be great on Saturday, too, we're told. Uh, it's at Confederation Park, as we mentioned. Uh, what time should people be there? Well, registration starts at 10 a.m., so if they want to get there around then, that would be wonderful. We've got a DJ playing. We have music. Bring your dogs. Bring your bikes and your kids. Let's have some fun. All right, and uh, the walk-off itself will be uh, at 11 o'clock there and uh, pre-registration. Uh, if they want to get some more details about this, uh, there's, a, there's a website, is there not? There is. It's www.bccwalk.ca. All right, and uh, that'll give you all the details about this walk. And are there links there to some of the points that we've discussed here with, uh, with the doctor about uh, information and where they can go to get some information about, uh, about bladder cancer? Yes, Bill, there definitely is. Excellent stuff. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for the great work that you and your uh, your volunteers are doing uh, in this regard. And, Doctor, for the great work that you and the staff are doing, of course, at McMaster and, of course, at St. Joe's as well. Uh, awareness really is the key, isn't it, to have that conversation and, and have that discussion uh, and, and just keep an eye on what we're doing and our, what our bodies are telling us. Absolutely. Definitely. And thank you to Chorus as well for all the great help that you provide for raising awareness and fundraising efforts. Well, we're proud to do this each and every year, and uh, just on a national level, of course, with all our Chorus stations right across the country, and uh, anything we can do to try to uh, increase the attendance and, of course, the fundraising uh, for the walk this Saturday, we'd be happy to hand out and do. Sarah, good luck with this uh, going forward, and thanks for this today. Doctor, as for you, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing, and let's stay in touch, okay? My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Dr. Bobby Shagan, of course, uh, professor of urology at McGrath University and chief of surgery at St. Joe's Healthcare. And, of course, Sarah Dobson, who is uh, with Bladder Cancer Canada. She's the lead for the, the Hamilton Walk. Uh, if you've got some time, uh, pop down, of course, to uh, Confederation Park this weekend, this Saturday, specifically uh, Saturday morning. And if you can't make it, go to the website. Go to uh, BC Walk, BCC Walk, that's dot .ca, and uh, all the details are there. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.